Yes, this is F and Techies. In this world of rapidly evolving technology, and almost everyone is a techie, even when they're not, they are functioning as a techie. So the question is, how are you functioning? That's right. This is F and Techies, and this is episode two. I am Tat Wizza, and my guest today is the honored guest, C.L., Corey Llewellyn. Yes. I don't know if you like to say your full name. I don't mind. I ain't got nobody running after me. I'm happy. Facts, facts. Yeah. Um, okay, this is CL from DigiWax, and we are going to talk today about a few things, but we are going to start with the history of MP3s. But before we get into that, let me shout today's sponsors, which is the studios of Hot 97 and the Lit Digital DJs. And don't forget to check me out every night, Monday through Thursday, 7 to 12 p.m. with the Funk Flex show. That is what it is. All right. CL, do you consider yourself a techie? I do. I do. When, when I say I consider myself a techie, I mean that I am up on as much as I can tech-wise. I utilize as much tech as I can to make my life easier. Um, and we built some things. So I'm proud of that. You know, yes. we're part of it. We we built and worked with programs for Carnegie Mellon University with their entertainment technology division okay. to multiple programmers in different countries. Um, had a programmer uh, meeting with a programmer yesterday named Shah, who's incredible in AI and music and what's going on and for the future. So dope. Yeah, I would say I'm a techie. Okay, well, I just for the record, I consider you a techie as well. Oh, well, thank you very much. So for anybody that doesn't know CL's history, CL started DigiWax, which is the first MP3 record pool. Um, well, let me ask you this. When did you start in the music business? Mm, started in 1995. Mm. I remember it like it was yesterday. Mm. I was a basketball player from White Plains from Westchester. Shout out to Westchester Greenberg. And... Um, I got an internship with Sony Music through a, a brother that passed away, dear friend named Ron. Um, rest in peace, Ron. Yeah, rest in peace to Ron. He put us all on, gave us a shot, and uh, I interned for Epic Records, man. Wow. It was, it was amazing. 95. 95. That was my first in. Shout out to OJ Wedlaw. Okay. Shout out to Nelson Tabota, a.k.a. Nell, Nell, Money, Money Nels. Nels. He was there. Yeah. Uh, we had another brother there named... Uh, uh, Man, it was just a, it was a lot of people. I don't know OJ. I've heard about him a lot. Yes. Yeah, OJ. Well, Corey Rooney. Shout out to Corey Rooney. Okay. Shout out to the whole team. Um, um, Dwayne Cunningham, uh, Vicky Clark. There's a whole lot of people. But that was my end. Who were the artists on Epic in '95? Man, we had them all. We had Michael Jackson, mm. the Vandross. We had Little Vicious. We had Shaba Ranks. Big in '95. Oh, Vicious, Vicious was huge. Vicious what? was big. We had um, Funk Dubious. Shout out to the whole LA clique. Okay. Shout out Funk Dubious. Shout out to MC8. Shout okay. out to um, and society that you know. Tat 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 with the fuck man. Yeah yeah. There's that's the streets named me Tat. That's yeah, that. so that's oh. where I got that from. So yes, that's crazy. Yeah, shout to uh ah uh, ah. Uh, uh, what was his name? A wax. A wax. Yeah, yes. he was crazy. He was the one. He was the one. So yeah, we had um we had a lot of just back then, man. Brownstone was on the label. Oh, they were big. Yeah, yes. heard it through the grapevine. Um. And more others that I just can't remember right now. I'm mean, just remember, but you know, Michael Jackson was the one. You know, the, I think we did the history album yeah. when I was there. And boy, well, I tell you, to see a, a, a record label's content, their entire focus on one project, yeah. they're animal when they want to be. Yeah, yeah. They, like they cannot be stopped when they want to be. That's they the, had that focus. That is the reason why, even in this day of independent artistry, oh, yeah. people still want to be signed to a label because if they care. 
they change the position of how your growth is. Facts. That's what it is. They have the power to to excel your career if they focus. Yeah. You know, as many times. They have to you know, care. And that's the problem. Sometimes yeah, they don't seem to word. care. Yeah, the care. That's the truth. Yeah. Maybe that's a better word. They gotta care. Yeah. You, and, but you gotta make them care. Yeah, well, that, that, that is the, that's where a lot of artists and people that are watching this whole thing kind of fall apart is they think that because you're signed, automatically the label needs to care. But it's a business. It's the music business. So the label's going to care when they see that the fan base cares, when they see that the growth is happening, and that's when their machine can kick in and actually do something for you. A label could care and get behind you and do all of this marketing, but then it seems fake and pushed on to the people if they don't already have an idea of who you are and, and why they care about you. Absolutely. It's definitely emotional, too. You know, like you said, they got to they gotta know who you are, be connected to you somehow. Yeah. A lot of artists that were dope didn't win because their, their attitude was whack or the management team didn't hit people I've back. Seen, yeah. All these little things, it makes people say, yeah, you serious? Or, yeah, I ain't really messing with it right now. Right. Got other things to do. So it, it depends. And um, it's funny, one artist we're working with now with Columbia is um, Little Nas X. Okay. So we've been promoting that. Horses in the back. I like, I, I like that. On the I low, like that. I got to say this. The, the, this kid through the week or the two weeks of this record sort of taking over on TikTok and yeah. has already done some things that I think are monumental. The controversy with Billboard, obviously. Yeah. Um, but the fact he was able to get a real legend. He got Billy Ray Cyrus on his to record. be on his record and, and to care about it. He didn't just... Yo, could you send me a thing and put the verse on? Like, they went in the studio. Together. They created some music together. And it's not typically a relationship that you would expect. And, yeah, as a result, I feel like he has... I'm not saying he created a new subgenre, but he probably is holding the biggest flag that I've ever seen for it. I haven't seen a country-western-type hip-hop song since Daha Daha in the 80s. That's crazy you say that. That's the last time Rapping that hip hop Duke. cared about a, a Western style, style rap song. Wow. Yeah. And everybody I know sung that song. Damn, you're the man for that. I never put I didn't I, put that together. I, I, I put that on uh Pete Rock's uh Instagram page the other day. That's I was like, cause he was kinda and I get it, he was kinda not laughing at it, but he was like, I don't know about this. Not that he was he wasn't dissing it. He was just saying he wasn't sure because they were trying to kind of go for that country western feel. And I'm like, bro, like we did this with Daha Daha. It just hasn't been since that. Wow. I never even put that together, but it's so real. Damn. Facts. But I was bringing that up to say the fact that the label now has got around it yeah. and pushed it. It's the number one record now. And he's been out for at least a couple, couple months. months. Yeah, a yeah. couple months. A couple right. months. But in the last three weeks, it's been like building and, and went through the roof of the label, the entire Columbia. Shout out to the whole Columbia Records. Because they actually are forming a, a strong, like, everybody's pushing something. And you see the result of it. So, um, yeah, whatever the case is. So that's the All right, so... You started in 95. Now, let me just give you another note. The mm -hmm. MP3 was born in 1993. Whoa. So, in 2000, what was it? 2000, when did when did DigiWax start? 1998. 1998. Wow. So, in five years of this technology being on the planet, you had the foresight of saying, you know what? These record pools exist. And in 98, vinyl was super strong. 
oh, with no, the DJs. Viol- that was what it is. That's 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 how everybody worked. So you had the idea of in 1998, yo, let me service these MP3s because they are going to be something. No, not exactly. Let me keep it real. Okay. We started DigiWax in 1998. It was me and my partner, Andrew Edgar, okay. a.k.a. Drew. We started it together as a... We wanted to just send music. We wanted to sell music digitally, but we know we had the. I knew I had the power to promote music through wax. Right. So that's how then we just flipped it and it came digi wax. Right. That's what our goal was to do. I say about f- five years after '98 was when we actually said, you know what? Let's begin to digi- to service these MP3s. Now, there's a brother that that's I have to give a shout out to because it was a conversation with him that really sparked it. Shout out to Mike Fox. Okay. Shout out to Mike Shout Fox. Shout out to Mike Fox. Yo. I plan on at some point, hopefully he says yes, asking him to be a guest on F and Techies. Shout out to Mike Fox. Mike Fox was my counterpart at Atlantic Records. And I remember us having a conversation. He was like, yo, CL, man, you know, what you should do is maybe start servicing, you know, MP3s along with the vinyl. Wow. And it just that. hit me so hard. I was like. You wanted to say, damn, why didn't I think about I, that? I, I got to give him the credit. Yeah. Because he, he clearly just said that shit. That's dope. And I was like, damn, V, you absolutely right. Yeah. And then it, I thought about it, and then it started to snap like, no, we can do this shit for the whole world. Right. This could level everybody because, you know, there's no, you know, with vinyl, you got to have the money to produce Correct. all of these records, and right. shit's going to get warped, shit's going to get stolen. We're going to sell some in Japan. Right. That's how it's going down. <laughs> we got to eat. So bottom line is, you know, there's a limited supply. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there may be a great record that would just never make it because you just simply cannot service it. Yeah. But with this, it changed all of that. We were able to send records that were just like Mims, This Is Why I'm Hot, or freaking, uh, uh, there was so many, Rihanna's first records. Freaking Rick Ross' first single was our first song yeah. that we sent out. Every Day on Hustling wow. was our first single. Wow. That was the first record we sent out. That's fire. So in 2001, the iPod was born, thanks to Steve Jobs and Apple. Shout out to them. Um, which, if you don't know, which is why we call it a podcast today, because it's a piece of, it's casting a, a episode of something built for the iPod. The iPod, even knowing there were probably digital MP3 players prior to that, they were subpar. They never had a standard of how they did things. Either the the battery went super quick. It was very hard to get the music into the MP3 player. Um, But iTunes actually was born in 2001, January, and then the iPod came out in October, same year. Mm. So they had that interface all rocking together and it became very simple to do across the platforms between Mac and Windows and boom, MP3 started exploding. Mm. So and in 2003, five years after starting DigiWax, thanks to Mike Fox, you started servicing MP3s to the DJs. Absolutely. 2003, 2004, around there. Around there. Um, Yes. And then we started servicing. And the first thing was it was just an email. Yeah. Really, it was an email that just had a basic link. We tried to do this whole elaborate thing with the MP3. But remember back then, um, Hotmail... 
and uh, uh, Yahoo, they it, only had like a two megabyte limit. In yeah, the actual- they would slow up. And, spread, and if you started adding too many uh, addresses in the field, oh. they would not let it go through and it would jam a lot of things up as well. All of that. Yeah. All of but that. But email blasts were popular back then. Yeah, they were more spammy. Because emails were just becoming a thing themselves. Yeah. Yeah, it was, and it was a lot of spammy stuff. Going yeah, it was. But people would click on spam back then. Yeah, I would. They say, "Oh, you could win a hundred thousand yeah. dollars," or you know, sign up for this. It was crazy. Yeah. I mean, anybody. I mean, I had, I had, I think a um, prodigy account. Okay. I was one of them dudes that right. was first up on AOL Messenger. That's how yeah. cats was learning how to type fast. Yeah. It was because it was, you know, you remember some stuff from school, but then you was like, all right, let me really try to respond to this chick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to have, like, a, a response. You yeah, know what and, I mean? the, and the chat groups, the aim and all of that was oh. a big, what your screen name was was a big deal. Yeah. Being in the chat group was, being in the Messenger was, you know, necessary. All of that, man. Marley Mall. Shout out to Marley Mall and them. They used to have a crazy aim on their show back in the day. Yeah. On, 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 on Hot, which was crazy. Right, right. On Sunday nights. Sunday night. They used, yeah. we used to go up to their house over there. And, and Marley broadcasted actually from his right. house in, in uh, Westchester. Yeah. Rockland. He was Rock, well, right above Westchester, yeah. Rockland. But shit, that was it. But the aim thing was so big on their show. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we, you know, we all come from this tech world and, um, yeah, so whatever. I know so in 2006, let me just check my notes real quick. Yeah, 2006, June, the Zoom, the Microsoft Zoom was born to compete with the iPod because Microsoft was kind of still in the game against Apple. That is the truth. Microsoft Zoom. So what happened was um, I had some friends that left a company and went to work for Microsoft. Okay. Proper. Cause these are dudes that's coming from a whole different lifestyle. You right. know, they they in our world. Right. You know, they they cool, they out, they doing stuff. Um, so it was just crazy for them to pick up and go to more of a at the time considered a really buttoned up tech company yes, yes. in Microsoft out in Seattle. Right. Like, you know, you leave in Brooklyn or from Queens or whatever. And the tech industry hadn't really exploded yet to know that, yo, that's where I need to be. Facts. They were definitely early on it. Right. So they went out there and um, they started working with Microsoft Entertainment in the lifestyle division. And um, whatever, my man was like, yo, listen, man, we got these new things, two devices, came from China. Um, yo, take these joints. You're going to that Power Summit, right? Shout out to Raymond A. McClain. You're going to that Power Summit. I said, yeah, we'll go. It's like, yo, check these out. Yo, just if you can, you know, show it to some people, some DJs or whatever. Man, we got them things. Loaded up with some music, got out there, drinking, smoking. We was passing them out, taking photos. We did photo shoots every wow. day. Every DJ, every artist, everybody. Yeah. Just bugging out. Got back, gave them the photos, and they called us up immediately. Yo, you guys got to come to Seattle. We want we need y'all to help us market this device to Zoom. Right. At the time, it was labeled the iPod killer. Yeah, I remember that. And... um. It was good. I mean, we we got down with them, and then at the time, at the same time, it was like two things happening. One, we also had an artist named Mims that was blowing up. Yes, and his record was on fire. This is why I'm hot. This is going on now. We got Mims, and now we work with Microsoft, and my man Omid and and Damian. They were like, "Listen, man, we wanna we wanna marry this song, the, the, this campaign, the new campaign for this device, yeah, to Mims." And boom, Mims got a giant check out of it. Microsoft, this was their first commercial they put out. Yeah. They gave us a bus. Um, they, a ton of shit came out of that. I think, to me, that's the only reason... 
people took the Zoom serious because around that time, Apple had kind of taken over, right? Apple, uh, it was cool to have a MacBook. It was cool to have uh, iMac. Um, the iPod was a thing. Uh, shout to my man T. Smith, who he was one of the first people that had an iPod. And he came to me, he was like, yo, man, like this is an MP3 player. And I was like, nah, that's cool. Because I had a few different BS MP3 players that were giving me problems. Right. And I hadn't downloaded iTunes yet. And I didn't know. And I was like, nah, that's cool. You know, but he was like, yo, the best thing about it, because he's an independent filmmaker, I'm an independent filmmaker. And we were out in the hustle doing it together. Mm-hmm. And he's like, the best thing about it is I can transport the video file, the roughs, and bring to you to put on your laptop so you can look at it. Like, this type of thing was not didn't happen. happen yet. Like, uh, megabytes were still how you counted the file. Like, people were like, you know, it couldn't be over a certain amount of megabytes. Gigabytes wasn't even a thing yet. Mm. So he was like, yo, it's crazy that I can put this file in this thing because it holds X amount of gigabytes. It was it was mind blowing at the time. So um he uh shout to him, but uh the the micro the the zoom was like, okay, people were like, I don't know if I want a Microsoft device. They weren't giving it a chance based on what it was, right? Um, And the iPod had started out, you could put a file in it, but it only played MP3s. It didn't play video yet. Mm. So the Zoom, when it came, I think iPod started playing video in like 05, and the Zoom came out in 06, but it came out the door with everything. Uh, Videos. Obviously, the audios, but also had a tuner on it, which was a big win. Yes. That was a big win. That was a big, big deal. Because radio, at the time, was pushing their new thing, which at the time was HD radio. Yes. And they actually had an HD tuner in the device. So yes. it was that came through. Um, I mean, they had a lot going on. I'm not going to front. They also had, like, some really cool partnerships with other stuff. You know, they, they were... They were I thought they were pretty, pretty visionary in terms of creating a lifestyle space in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, to do events and to, like, hosting. So, you know, the first time we did stuff was with, um, you know, Janelle Monet, mm. And, I mean, they had a really good musical palette. So, you know, their shit was awesome. Right. Um, being able to market and tie the, the artist directly to the device at the time. And and if people don't know, right now in the in the business, and not even just in the entertainment business, but just in any business, activations are the name of the game. Like if you can put together this thing with that thing and do an on-the-spot activation, especially with technology, it pushes everything forward. And what you just described is activations before activations was a thing. Yeah, absolutely. That's incredible. We were doing shows, uh, you know, uh, what you call it, um, live at the barbecues all over the, the, the place. We had three of them. I think there was one in uh, San Francisco, one in, in Houston, one in New York, one in Chicago. I'm sorry, there might have been five of them. Mm-hmm. And But the headliners was incredible. I had LL in New York, and wow. Mohsen, um, Talib uh, in Chicago. Wow. Uh, but Danelle did the like headline is common with somebody else, E40 with somebody else. But those were the, the the lineups were incredible. It was a whole festival. This is like 07, 08, 09. This was around, yeah, 07. Yeah. 07, 08, maybe, yeah. Yeah, wow. That That's they incredible. Doing all that shit all around a device, getting exclusive content. You know, the things that is common today. Right. They were totally ahead of the game. Correct. 
Um, what I think is that, you know, I mean, look, shout out to Microsoft for taking a chance, but Microsoft didn't stick with it. And that's where the difference is between them and others. Right. Well, others specifically being Apple, Apple. because yeah. they they had the vision and they knew what it was and they kept going for it. So to speak on that, right? Um, I wanna I wanna know in 2010, LimeWire became a thing. And LimeWire is a peer-to-peer protocol or tool that you could download the software free, open I'm not sure if it was open source, but regardless, you were able to download it for free to your computer and I could upload something here in New York and say if you were in Japan on tour, you could download it there, but anybody could download it. That's right. Um, um, yeah, I'm shoot. That was the, um, that came after, what's the one? Um, Napster. Napster. Yeah. And it stuck around longer because it just didn't, it didn't have no rules. It was yeah, wide open. Correct. It was dope Na- and quick. I loved it at the time. I mean, I got to, you know, whatever, yeah. man. When you're in tech, you take advantage. Napster <laughs> was specifically MP3s, right? right? And uh, LimeWire was any digital file. I got a lot of my pornography off LimeWire. <laughs> I'm keep it a thousand with hey, you. Listen, I got man. a lot of my pornography. Listen, listen. And, and now it's crazy because I... Um, what you call it is still killing it. Uh, 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 I don't know why I'm having these blacks, these blackouts, but um, starts with a B. Oh my goodness, man! Peer to peer, you break the file up and they, they re put it back together again, and it goes to you. Uh, BitTorrent. BitTorrent. Why can't I get this shit out of me? No, nah, no, nah, it's cool. It's cool. BitTorrent now yes. is is now that except for, and, and it's crazy because. One, that's not really regulated either. No. The the problem with BitTorrent even now is it's in what LimeWire became was is virus heavy. So if you're on a PC specifically um, without any malware protection, then you would probably bricked your computer. Um, even on a Mac, though, it, it was a problem. It. So it's very virus because... Coders and and hackers and people with that level of intelligence just love to fuck with people, so they put stuff in there just to Damn, just burn the world. Yeah, some joker shit. Yeah, no, I feel you. What I like about BitTorrent though is that where these others, they guess they didn't stick around long enough. But BitTorrent is actually ill with this blockchain shit. So they started out. BitTorrent created. Token. They actually partnered yeah. with another blockchain and created Bit with Tron. Right, actually, Tron right. bought them okay. and created BitTorrent. Now, I mean, Bit uh, BitTorrent Token. Okay. So B- BT or BTT is um, the way they're doing it now is ill because what they've figured out is how to sort of monetize these files that go back and forth. Mm. So what they did is take the token and attach it to content. So let's say you put up a, a, a five-minute film or whatever, you know, tats, you know, whatever, or, 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 you know, your piece. Right. And you share it through BitTorrent, right? A, they attach token to it. Right. Monetize it. Anytime it gets shared, you get paid. Right. Whoever's sharing it gets paid in token. Okay. Building up over time. So right, right, I think right. Now I think one token might be 0.008 cents or something like right, that. Right, right, right. But as it gets to two cents and five cents, 
looking just for those that don't know, looking at the model of Bitcoin, mm. the more it's used, the more value it obtains, the more people get into it and purchase it, the more value it obtains. So if you start at zero, 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 eight, which is less than a penny, and then it becomes to where it is now at $5,000 a coin and you have a hundred of those, yeah. you're kind of it's lit. Good. Or in this case, if you put a hundred dollars down, you probably get about 8,000 of them. Yeah. And that will turn into a really nice... The more people use it, though. So it has to be adopted, and yeah. um, it has to. But now, I'm a, since we're on this talk, you and I know this stuff, and I'm trying to make sure that everybody follows along, right? But Tron has, in the industry, it's an up-and-down joke, right? Because people aren't sure if it's a blockchain that is doable because it's promised the... Like you said, the tokenization of media files. Content, yes. And the way blockchain works is it's an open ledger. And if once something goes in there, it's shared amongst the whole blockchain. So it cannot be erased or whatever. Changed. Or changed, altered. right? Now, to put a large file, like say I upload my movie and it's a gig, to put that across the entire blockchain seems undoable but i mean they're working on steadily working on compression they're steadily working on the ways that yeah, it, it can BitTorrent be done is that's what they do they yeah. say they take your one gig file break it up into a million you know megabytes right or by or however or many it yeah, adds small up small that it shoots quick through the internet, yeah. through whatever, and rebuilds itself on the other side. That is, and that's their genius. That's, that is exceptional. That is exceptional. So yeah. they may have something, but I was saying that to say, like, it seems like, you know, the, evolu the evolution of what's going on from, um, you know, LineWire, this is the next, this is what we're, this is where we are now. Right. And they, you know, there was no, th there was no, like you said, there are people putting viruses and all that stuff. There's no thought about you know, tokenizing uh, media. Right. That to me was like... That is incredible. No, yeah. it's incredible. And it's something that in 10 years will probably be a standard. Legit. And we'll be looking back like, why didn't such and Ray and all of that? But yes, no, that is incredible. Um, so, all right. In 2012, the Zoom dies. iPod lives on, right? MP3s are still a thing today. But... It's not the way that music is consumed. Streaming is now the way that music is consumed, which in a sense is a child of the MP3, but it is a format that doesn't necessarily take up a lot of data in your phone or a lot of uh, si uh, file size in your phone the way a library of MP3s would. Absolutely. So... It is kind of also doing away with the iPod as well. Even knowing the iPod Touch still exists, there is a question in the air. How long can the iPod exist knowing that people are less likely as generations move forward to download MP3s because the same device, which is the phone, because... all right. The iPhone does the same thing that the iPod can do, except for a lot more, because you can put a lot more apps on it. Originally, even though in the iPod now, you can put a lot on it, depending yeah. on whatever file, whatever size you have. But people are going to say, okay, 
Do I want two devices in my pocket or do I want one device in my pocket? So let me spend the extra money from the iPod on getting a bigger iPhone or Android, depending on whatever uh, external right. drive you can buy. Right, right. So the, the streaming services are hurting the MP3 services. Absolutely. Um, like you I mean, you you just named it out. I mean, it's just lighter for you. Yeah. You, know, you don't have to have, you know, me, my phone is it's always glitchy. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's heavy. I got uh, tons of content, apps, all this stuff on there. If I can make it lighter, yeah, I might do that. Now the only thing is that streaming don't got all the music. That is so true. that's where my issue is. I'd be having problems because I, you know, I don't care. I consider myself a a a very um tasteful music lo- lover. I, I have a very broad palette. An eclectic music. I'm lover. Eclect- I'm eclectic. I'm yeah. listening to all types of stuff. I'm trying to listen to stuff from the 60s, 70s, 50s, now, a future. I mean, all this stuff. Remixes. Um, so I don't think there's a there's a streaming service that covers all of that. Um What's for the future? We we will see, but you know that is one of the, one of their drawbacks that I don't like. I feel like you know, um, yeah, those reggae in particular, or, or African music, or mm-hmm. a lot of Latino music. You're not going to be able to Shazam that and find it. You're right, not going right. to be able to look that up and find it. It just it's not it's not there. Right. You, yet. Not yet. Not yet. Yes. Not yet. And there's a lot of records that just live, like for DJs, for instance, man. You know. How many records does a a guy like a, a Kid Capri or even a Flex or even a Clue or whoever with their remixes and things or alternate versions of mm-hmm. shit on their laptop just ain't shit? Right, right. I want to hear all of that shit. So that's and and you come a- across a lot of music like that that's not shared through DigiWax because you still service the DJs because regardless of streaming, the DJs are still out here presenting the music publicly either via radio, via the clubs, via the podcast, via the podcast. Well, I'm gonna be honest with you, there aren't a lot of music podcasts because of copyright infringement and they have to pay. Um, Joe Budden is one of the few podcasts because of his deal with Spotify that allows music without uh, impunity, like without having a problem. That's good. Yeah. A lot of people don't want to put any music whatsoever on a podcast unless it's uh, license free and things like that. And a lot of license free music is trash. So you don't want to put trash underneath your, you know, in your background or underneath your your vocals Mm. because it's like it's it's take people will notice the trash before they notice what you're talking about. Mm. The vibe will kill it. Yeah. So um, but I know YouTube. Uh, is going through an underchange that people haven't really realized yet because of what's going on in Europe. And I think it's called the GDRP or the GPDR or whatever that's called. And Article 13, which is going to affect the American companies, everything is going to have a copyright value. And YouTube is about to send out so many copyright infringements. It's going to be a headache in the next couple of years. Like, not in the next couple of years. I'm thinking in the next couple of months, maybe a year, for the next couple of years. Until people ha- relearn the behavior of only uploading what they own. 
And that's going to be a problem, not just in the industry, but mm. throughout society, because people are so used to sharing whatever they see. Well, whatever's inspiring them. Whatever's in, at, yes, at correct. the time, you correct. know, and I feel like they, that's the, the that's where it gets hairy because is that not a form of promotion and flattery? Uh, if I like Little Nas X and I'm like just the hottest record in America and I want to open up my show to that record, a should I have to pay for that if I'm promoting the person? Mm-hmm. B, um. Why would I, why would you want to take that away from my audience? Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, I just feel like you know, money messes shit up a lot. I gotta be real. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not mad at figuring. I just think they can come up with a system that works. You know, what I mean, I I don't see why they would make it so. Okay, you're gonna all of this stuff that's happened to make. Even YouTube popular, you're literally going to go back and re undo that. Yeah. And and make people they are. They're gonna kill. Listen, you're not gonna be well, able to find this anymore. Here, here's the thing though, right? YouTube came out in 2005 and it's now 2018. So what's that? 14 years? People are in or oh no wait. 13. 13 years. Uh people are embedded with the behavior, right? You go to YouTube to look up any and everything, right? If you have a good channel and you have valuable information, you can kill it on YouTube. And by killing it on YouTube, you can make a lot of money. So if YouTube says you could still do this, you just have to own everything. And here are the tools to do that. And you have this behavior or this uh, protocol and this thing. It's just a matter of relearning how to do it moving forward. YouTube isn't going to go anywhere. No. It's not like Vimeo isn't going to say, oh, well, then you can have all the copyright issues you want over here because every business is going to go through the the, the legal system of it, yeah. of, of having to worry about copyright issues. So it's going to be everywhere. It's not going to be that only YouTube is doing it. It's going to be everywhere. So everybody will have to relearn that behavior. I think with like the example you just gave, right? The issue would be there if you want to live stream said performance, right? And then you want to play Little Nas X to a crowd and you don't own the copyright. You would have to just take extra steps to plan out, okay, I want to do this. So now let me get in touch with the label, get explicit written permission to play Little Nas X for my crowd, then do it. So then when the copyright infringement claim comes, you can say, no claim, I have explicit permission. If you don't get said permission, then you cannot do that. Yes. It's getting deep, bro. It's getting, it is getting getting nasty, but I have a 16 year old and I look at it like, Mm -hmm. if he gets his ducks in a row, he can potentially be a millionaire before he's 21. Mm, If he... If he follows the protocol, follows the protocol, does all of this right, and just moves forward and build a career off of that. So it is worth, it's the same as even knowing we came up in what, what we consider the wild, wild west, you figuring out that you need to, you, it's best via Mike's help or whatever, you still had the platform to even do that. Mm-hmm. So you figuring out, let me service MP3s 
took you down the road. Maybe that didn't generate the money itself, but it took you down the road where you were able to generate that money. Yeah. Right? You we were just lucky that we came up in a time of 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 it being the wild west. Right. Had it been rules, you would have figured out those rules because you saw the opportunity and did it regardless. It, yeah, made it happen. So it's just relearning behavior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I follow you. I mean, hey, Ain't nobody gonna stop doing what we doing, like you said. You're just gonna figure out, and you know what? You, it might be something where a lot of new artists get put on too. Yeah. You know, you, it's, it, it, there's always a, a positive and a negative pro and con. So you know, let it let it be. It it actually is something that I see a lot. I'm sure you see a lot today's time of people complaining about, yo, you should get paid for your work, right? Even knowing this is a pain in the ass to us because, again, we come from this wild west of the internet. Um, it is something that automatically, if you put a creative piece in the space, whether that's art, music, film, TV, video, whatever the case is, you automatically own it. So you automatically can monetize off of it. And that's what people are complaining for now. So it is something that I do think is going to grow. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I'm going to go back to the blockchain. I mean, this is what I was at this conference at South by Southwest. And one of the ill things that was said, we, they were talking about music and blockchain, right? So mm -hmm. what, what does that really mean for a musician? You know, people, you, they got all these buzzwords, you know, blockchain, music and crypto and music. Right. What does it really mean? Well, to, to your point, the artists that aren't signed to a label. Well, even if they are, um, we'll be able to utilize certain music blockchains that will automatically from the creation, from the process of creation. So, you know, you're recording with, you know, I'm the rapper, you're the producer, right? Right. So, you know, you got 50 of the song, I got 50 of the song, right? You are BMI, I'm ASCAP. Okay, that's in the metadata. Right. Um, the file itself, uh, you know, through this blockchain company, uh, uh, you know, the publishing companies and all of the other rights that are involved, the sample that was used, all of these things that are involved. And pretty much what they're saying is what you're saying, where everything will be through this protocol that's already created, mm -hmm. that when the record plays, right, wherever it plays across the world, you'll wake up, you'll go to your app, and it will say... Hey, you have uh, permission requests from these people. You know, Sony wants to use it for this show. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, uh, this station wants to play the record tonight as a debut, blah, blah, blah. And there will be money next to it, some of them. Right. $3,500. You just got to press yes or no. Right, right. And that money goes right into your account. And this is what this talking about will be the future of yes. blockchain and music. So I think YouTube... They're doing what they have to do. They have a. They have to also get people paid. I think that's great. Right. Um, me as a fan, I mean, I love it at first, but we'll all adjust. Right. Um, but the truth is, in the in years to come, off the top, before you leave that studio, the mix engineer will get his credit. Mm -hmm. The the master engineer will get his credit or her credit, and it's everybody's gonna wake up. It's gonna be you know five in the morning. You might get an alert. Hey. Uh, you know, Sony Africa wants to use your song for, you know, 
whatever. Right. You know. Allow or don't allow. That's it. Yeah. And the money will, the, the account, there'll be a, a, a number, you know, maybe there's a negotiate button. I yeah. don't know. But that will click and all of it will go right into whatever account. Your share. Right. Your your share of that song will be instantly monetized. Right. And um, in 2016, um, the show I was on, Hot and Tech, shout to Jesse K. Jesse K. Um, we did an episode with Record Graham, who are your partners, yes. Eric Mendelson and Mims, Mims. And Blackout. And DJ Blackout. Blackout wasn't there that day. Okay. Um, later, um, uh, at, uh, why am I blanking out now? Tech Crunch Disrupt. Right. Um, I believe 2017. Yep. They won for... Best disruptor. disruptor. Yes. So yeah. So they want to disrupt the challenge, which is the biggest challenge. It is at a Tech huge deal. Fifty thousand dollars. Yes. Giant check. Um. You know, international acclaim. Yes. Uh. Support from multiple platforms, and just really the the the, the opening into a deeper tech world. Um. You know, since then, Mims. Eric, Blackout, you know, they've been awarded the opportunity to go all over the world, even myself, um, and really get deeper into what's behind the veil. Yes. You know, we see the app, mm-hmm. you're right, but we don't understand how deep uh, all of this stuff really is behind what you just see on your phone. Right. There's a world that people are building, uh, people are creating, people are partnering um, to bring new stuff every single day. Uh, and to get in some of these circles, it's not easy, yo. Yes. Yeah, yes. So it's good. I mean, it's been great. Shout out to them. Um, you know, the app has been growing. It actually, we changed the name to Creator App. Creator App, yes. Yeah, make it broader. C-R-E number eight. Yep. T-O-R. Yep. App, so, yes. It's now, downloadable in the app stores right now. Right now, 100%. Shout out to Shah. just met with yesterday. He's the mastermind behind uh, a lot of the tech uh, and builds with it, uh, builds all that stuff. So, um, yeah, we've been blessed, man. And now it's now now we're taking it to the next level. You know, we'll be out on the road uh, next couple of months going uh, around from city to city doing this, just what we're supposed to do. Yeah. Connecting with producers uh, one-on-one, connecting and partnering with artists and creating opportunities for other records like this little Nas X thing to happen. Yes. You know, where there's all these people, there's kids, people have talent out here, man. If you really got talent, use these platforms. Don't sit up in your basement or don't be just on your block or be in your room. Like, share that shit. And uh, that's what we're supposed to do. Which, um, let me take the time to promote the technology that um, the Lit Digital DJs are pushing, which is, what that would help unsigned artists, which is the FunkFlex Facebook Messenger, which is a chatbot that allows you to upload your your content at a fee, yes. Um, Then you get a crowd of people to come in and judge said content, which while they're judging, they are putting their ears on your content that they never that you never had before so you're growing your audience that's value number one yes. value number two is the fact that we create opportunities like our last opportunity which was win a chance for to do a song with a boogie and our current opportunity as as of uh april 2019 is get a get on a song with rich the kid jay critch and afro b 
this is stuff that this is what we're uh, talking yeah, about. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's allow. You know, the the issue is. Well, let me first say it's allowing opportunities that didn't exist before, much like creator app. Um, mm. But a lot of people are looking at it because they're not familiar with how to grow themselves as artists. As oh, I should just you know win. Like I should just be on, and that isn't how the industry works anymore. No. No. You have to create several opportunities in order to grow and become a thing. Now, you could do it on your own without anybody, right? right? Right. But you have to figure out how you're going to touch people in a way that it's meaningful. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, even if you're a creative person, that is the most difficult part. Yes. Um. So shout to the Funk Flex Facebook Messenger helping create those opportunities. Shout to Creator App for allowing the platform to exist to be seen. And now I want to mention, because we've been talking blockchain and with the Creator App, there's a blockchain side, which is uh, Toon, Toon Token. Token. Yeah, absolutely. Ex explain Toon Token. So Toon Token is a tokenized platform. It, basically, it is the blockchain that, that will help to manage artists' rights, royalties, and keep things, uh, how should I say, just very honest. You know, we had this thing where we went through um, a process with, a lawsuit and a process with uh, EMI and Capital. Okay. And what it did was it taught us a lot about transparency. Mm -hmm. um, the Tune token is really based on giving artists complete transparency um, through through their uh, you know over their content and through their uh, the rights that they own when it comes to their content. That's really what it's all about. Okay. So um, you know we're in our pre ICO stage, right? Uh, I shouldn't even say ICO, but a uh, uh, token raised. But right. Um, yeah, man, it's all aimed at helping artists, like what I was explaining before, being able to just control your your rights. Yeah, you know, and just keep it very honest. It doesn't need to be anybody shady trying to right. shave points off the top. Right, right. You're involved in the process. You get a percentage. That's how this business works. And as soon, as, like you said before, as soon as that process happens, you're involved. So if you're in the studio, it's you know automatically added this date at this time. This producer did this. This engineer did that. This person helped. Uh, right add value, yeah. wrote the hook, wrote a line. Everybody. And then, you know, four years after that happens and then that song takes off and then somebody that's a cousin of next to the person that wasn't there says, yo, I gave him a thought. Nah, bro. Nah. This is it's written down. Go check it out. You know, here's the log, whatever it is, you know, Completely. 100%. So adding again, looking to the future as YouTube and every other platform goes through this copyright reevaluation, mm. that's when, not when, but that's how, or that's when Toon Token will say, you know, not when, again, I, I don't know if I'm expressing it correctly, but I'm just seeing the value there, right? So if it's an open, transparent ledger mm -hmm. and the behavior of copyright is already written into how people behave, then the value of Toon Token will be immense. Yes. Because even knowing 
like copyright will be a thing, right? Because of this reevaluation, there's always going to be people that try to get around, that try to bullshit the system, that try to figure it out. And because copyright itself will be the value, mm-hmm. Toon Token will hold that value. Yes. And, the, and its blockchain will be super valuable whenever blockchain and crypto as a whole becomes an everyday standard. That's a key word. The everyday standard, the adoption of it. Yes. It will come. We don't know when, but absolutely, man. And, and again, not only is it the adoption, but again, man, the, to me, the, the biggest thing is just the transparency, man. Because that's where all these yeah. lawsuits and things come yes. into play, man. It's yeah. just kill all of that noise. You wasn't in the studio. Listen, we want to hit. If you was not involved in the process, you missed it. It yeah. is what it is. It happens yeah. every day. But there's other things. You'll be involved with something else. Just, you know, because the thing is that we come from an industry that's predatory from the top oh, down. Oh, yes. Oh, so yes. going through those processes and shout out to like Fat Joe and Bust and other people that's been, all these people have been ripped. Yeah. Hard, you know, just money just missing. Yeah. Millions. Yeah. Um, we're looking to eradicate all of that, man. Yeah. There's no, there's no need for it these days. It's shining the light in every crevice so nothing dark can exist in order to take advantage that's, of your work. That's right. Of your light. That's right, man. So, you know, we're doing this for everybody. It's really, yeah, it's for, it was for us in, in, in the beginning, but when you really think about it, nah, man, there's all these new creators. Y'all need to have, uh, you know, a way to just, Control your stuff, wake up, know what's, what's where, and, and click a button and accept it or not accept it and move on. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. CL, I thank you so much for coming today. Um, I'm going to have you back. We're going to talk about anything else that comes to I mind know, I know. being there's a fellow a, techie. Yeah, I'm there's trying a lot, man. To, there's a uh, lot. Um, there's some good conferences coming up. We'll talk about that yes, also. Yes, off the record. yes, We got to get out. Listen, y'all, y'all got to travel too. Yes. That's the key. Yes. Because there's people with ideas everywhere, bro. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, will, y'all, yo, these conferences, try to get out and see what's going on. The blockchain week is coming up. Yeah. That's probably a big week. Yeah. But whatever. I know I could, we could talk about this forever. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Thank, thank you. Thank you, my yeah, brother. Man. And we will be back with another episode of F and Techies. And for right now, keep it functioning. Word. Shout out to F and Techies.